0: I welcome you now to join me in the topic that we have chosen to talk about today, the no that makes possible each yes. In 1968, four athletes were sent on a long journey from East Africa to Mexico City in pursuit of Tanzania's first ever Olympic medal. While none returned with gold, silver, or bronze, the name of one man, John Stephen Awari, endures to this day as a source of inspiration to countless athletes and fans in countries around the world. Despite hailing from the home of a Mount Kilimanjaro long-distance runner Huari was not used to training in the type of conditions presented by the host city. The Mexican capital was positioned 2,300 meters above sea level, and while records tumbled in the sprint races, the field that lined up for the marathon faced a formidable challenge. Huari was on the back foot from an early stage and began suffering from cramp as a result of the high altitude. Determined to improve his position, he then involved became involved in a pile-up with other athletes nearing the halfway point of the race, causing him to suffer a badly gassed and dislocated right knee, as well as a bruised shoulder. Owari was advised to pull out of the race. Indeed, 18 of the 75 athletes who lined up the race would fail to complete the course. But courage and pride outweighed the intense pain he was suffering. After receiving some treatment in a bandage for his knee from the trackside medics, the Tannisian elected to continue and finish what he had started. The voice calls from within to go on, and he goes on, said an Olympic commentator. While Ethiopian runner Mambo Wold, more comfortable with the altitude than most, was crossing the finish line, To claim the gold medal, Aware was laboring in a distant last place. But his never-say-die spirit remained. As darkness fell and the crowd filtered out of the Olympic Stadium, a lone figure embarked on his final 800 meters of his journey. Television crews rushed back to the spots to capture the moment that Awari limped over the finish line, over an hour after Wood's running time. When asked why he persevered in such punishing circumstances, he uttered one of the most memorable and inspirational lines in the history of the Olympic Games. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race they sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Commitment. What does it mean for us to be committed in this community of faith? What challenges are we prepared to face? What obstacles are we prepared to overcome and what sacrifices are we prepared to make to uphold our values, social, religious, and democratic that are all our most dear to us. To commit means different things, a transitive verb with a direct object. Commit means to put something somewhere. You commit funds to a project, a cause, an institution, or you entrust responsibility into someone's care. You can also commit yourself to a relationship. We make a promise, a pledge, obligating ourselves to do something. That's the sense in which John Awari was committed when he willed his battered body through 14 miles of pain to cross the finish line of an almost empty stadium. He was honoring his commitment to his nation. He was living out a promise to himself. While he did not take an historic Olympic medal back to Tanzania, he returned with an incredible story of bravery and Olympic spirit, earning him not only the respect and admiration of his peers, but a lasting place in Olympic history. Recently, I had the opportunity of congratulating my daughter Upon her graduation from college, and knowing she had achieved this lofty goal under extreme health difficulties, I said, would you mind telling me in one word how you were able to achieve this great accomplishment? While she paused momentarily, words like courage, determination, and faith flashed through my mind as I anticipated her answer. Then, without hesitation, she said, Dad, the word is commitment. Commitment to self and one's goals, ideals, and beliefs is important, but true commitment means action. As Universalist Unitarians, we are a committed people. Our actions over the years have had a lasting effect upon the world and upon here in the United States. Such was the case of several women, too, which who became, because of their causes and commitment, have left an impact on our Unitarian Universalist community. <laughs> Sophie Lyons Faws: a UU religious education would not be what it is today without her. She revolutionized the way in which traditional education was taught making complex theological concepts and history more accessible and exciting for young audiences through storytelling, painting, and other forms of creativity and self-expression. She wrote 40 books and served as the person in charge of the American Unitarian Association for Children's Literature. Living to the age of 102, She never ceased in her quest for knowledge and innovation and her commitment to her faith and to her cause for religious education. Another person, Margaret Mosley, she was denied entrance to every nursing program in Boston because of her race. So instead, she became a civil rights activist and she founded a consumer cooperative served on the board of the Civil Liberties of Massachusetts and helped form many of the DIN chapters throughout the New England area. Each of these women put their commitment to their UU faith by taking on their own causes that led to being a leader in their individual communities. Another form of commitment is that of commitment to community. And George Reynolds from the UU Church of Miami, Florida, tells the following story. Lan, a member of our teen group at our Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Miami, was for years a reluctant participant for most activities. He preferred the sidelines— and had stumbled from time to time into that kind of teenage prankish behavior, which we all, who've had teenagers, can understand. And as we met for a first read through of a play we had planned to perform, he was surprisingly engaged in the reading of Now You See Me. The play, a tragic comedy about school violence, offered a glimpse at the extremes teen will go in order to be seen. The following Sunday, they met to defy and divvy out their roles, and most parts were chosen, but the co-lead was still up for grabs. Come on, Alan, the group urged. He squirmed a bit, but it was clear there was something drawing him in. Okay, he mumbled. Following the performance of Now You Can See Me, Alan stopped by my table. Hey, you know, if you do any more plays here or somewhere, Let me know, okay? Alan had stepped up marvelously. He had learned his lines articulated clearly and forcefully. And even Ad lived on stage. His contribution had been recognized and had been seen by his congregation and his peers. A word of hope is poured out upon every generation of people by those who advocate accomplishment, exemplary life, living up to one's abilities, and keeping one's commitments. True happiness is not made in getting something. True happiness is becoming something. This can be done by being committed to lofty goals. We cannot become something without commitment. Commitment as a word cannot stand alone. We must always act. Committed to what? What causes are you committed to? As you search for good causes, we must consider our own needs and those of others. And along with commitment comes goals. I believe that goals should always be made to the point that will make us reach and make us strain. Success should not necessarily be gauged by always reaching the goal set, but by the progress in attainment. Remember that the direction in which we are moving is more important than where we are at at the moment. Goal setting should cause us to stretch as we make our way. William Clement Stone a noted Chicago Millionaire in an interview said, only if you have drive, the push, the want to, Will you succeed in any field? Clement Stone learned the value of commitment. He had the want to. Dale Carnegie once said, if you're not in the process of becoming the person you want to be, you are automatically engaged in becoming the person you don't want to be. When one is wholly committed, added strength and talents become evident. Assistance from unexpected resources happens. Who of us has not accepted some assignment with fear and trepidation, feeling totally inadequate to take that responsibility? But with concern we move forward and working hard and as the task is completed, to our surprise, we have been successful. We realize that our own abilities have now been added upon. What you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And I would add that commitment has genius, power, and magic in it. A truly committed person does not falter in the face of adversity. Until one is committed, there is a chance to hesitate, to go off in another direction, or to be ineffective. I'm thinking of a five-year-old boy who fell out of bed during the night and came crying to his mother's bedside. And to her question, why did you fall out of bed? He replied, I fell out because I wasn't in far enough. It has been my experience over the years that those who fall out of the church are those who aren't in far enough. In a simple statement, the difference between those committed and those who are not is the difference between the words want and will. For example, I want to pledge, but our funds are so limited, or I will pledge. I want to go to Sunday service if I have time, or I will go to Sunday service. I would like to be a good RE teacher, but the children are so noisy, or I will be a good RE teacher. Today, I ask each of you to make a promise. It is a promise to our congregation and our religious institution and tradition, both past and future. A promise to our nation and the principles and ideals for which it stands, and a promise to yourself. I want to talk to do, I want to talk to you today about commitment. Now more than ever in our city, our country, our state, our nation needs strong, clear voice of liberal religion to counter the fear mongers and the fake leaders whose path to the future is road to ruin. Our society needs a clear, confident alternative religious voice today speaking up for the powerless, speaking out against injustice, and speaking to the next generations of Americans offering a different spiritual message that proudly proclaims the belief in one human family, one spirit that unites us all in care for earthly home that we share, a faith that champions democracy and denounces demagoguery that speaks out for peace, justice, social responsibility, our shared human dignity, strength through diversity, grounded spirituality, honesty, integrity, humility, and wisdom as the foundational virtues of our real leaders. This congregation, can be that voice, if you really want to be. Today we're kicking off our congregation's annual fund drive and the theme of which is, "The journey begins with you." Our goal this year is to raise 370,000 dollars, and this is a great goal. It's higher than last year's. I ask all of you to make a pledge this year. This year, aside from having to pay for our usual yearly expenses, we have additional expenses that have been rolled into our budget. In the past, the assistant minister's salary had been handled through separate funding programs. This year, we're rolling that into our annual budget. As a congregation, we're all working together in planning for a settled minister Costs involved for that have been put into this year's budget. It is important that all our staff are being paid at a salary range for the position and hours that they work. We have brought all our salaries in line with hours and the work that they are doing. We need your pledges so that as a congregation, we can cover these new expenses. Today at lunch, you'll receive Pledge information, please plan to attend and review and submit your pledge as soon as possible. We need every single one of our members and committed friends to make a pledge, regardless of how large or small it might be. People often ask me, Reverend, how much should I pledge to this congregation? And my response is, You know your own financial resources and the demands on those resources. But please, be as generous as possible. Give as much as it takes to make you smile and feel good about yourself. You know what that number is, not me. Make a pledge, give whatever you can, feel good about yourself, And think about the words of the great Reverend Thurman who said, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve that in fair weather or in foul, in good times or in tempests, in the days when the darkness and the foes are nameless or familiar, I may not forget to which my life is committed. In our religious tradition, we do not ask members to swear by creeds that defy reason or accept doctrines that offend their sensibilities. As universalist Unitarians, we affirm the sacred oneness that flows internally through all people, all life, all creation, in the one independent web of which we all are a part. Then we commit ourselves to thinking, speaking, and acting in ways that are grounded and informed by this expansive understanding of the holy and the inclusive view of humanity. We are called upon to put faith into action in large ways, in small, to practice kindness and effect justice in this world. Today, I ask you to commit yourself to a future in which this congregation shines with strength. For all of us, our children, our neighbors, for the people who will never meet nor ever know who will benefit from the good ministry that we are building here and sending out into the world. I ask you to commit to doing all that is in your power to ensure that this congregation will prosper and flourish here in the years ahead. I believe in the strength and power of this community and the love of this community. I have seen your strength, I have seen your power, I have seen your commitment, and I have felt your love. I also have faith that we'll make our annual campaign goal. We'll get there. So what I'm asking and requiring from all of you is a firm commitment. Each year this congregation holds a campaign drive and each year you're called upon to give. But this year, I'm asking you to ask yourself, why do you give? I want you to think back on those thoughts and feelings that you had the first time that you entered a UU church. For some of you, that is many years ago, and others it might be a few months ago. Regardless of when, those feelings you had when you embraced our UU principles, I ask you to think about. And this year, when you pledge, stretch yourself. Make your gift this year a real commitment a commitment to share your talents, time and resources with this congregation. I promise you that when you pledge with this type of commitment, you will feel and notice a difference in your life. You will feel a commitment to this congregation and each of your lives will be blessed. Just like Stephen Owari running through the Mexican summer at the 1968 Olympics, tired, alone, in pain, but committed and ultimately unstoppable. Friends, we have a race to run. We have a race to finish. And there are a lot of people, some of them not yet born, who need us to rise to the occasion. You are more powerful than you ever know This congregation is capable of great things in our community and in our society. And our children need you to commit yourself to creating the bright future that could be. Theodore Parker, a noted theologian said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Commit to be the people and building the religious community that will help bend history towards morality and equip humanity with hope. You are just the right people to do so, and you are unstoppable. May it be so.